Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my return guest is Alain Fogot. Uh, Alain, uh, let's uh, give everybody a little bit of an intro of who you are, and then we'll get into our topic. Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. And uh, thank you, Glenn, for having me again uh, at your Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, podcast. It's a pleasure uh, always. Uh, yeah, I'm Alain Forget. I'm a national director of uh, business development for the U.S. for RBC Bank. RBC Bank being a U.S. Uh, bank and a, and a cross-border, uh, a national residential uh, lender for Canadians. And we're obviously part of RBC. I've been with RBC for over 40 years now. And half of my career uh, south of the border, based actually in South Florida. Awesome. So if you haven't listened to it, we had a podcast. I didn't actually write the number down. Maybe I'll find that out. Um, but I'll put in the show notes anyway. But we have a, we did an interview before. And um, for using the Canadian banking system or Royal Bank, it is excellent. There's a ton of information to figure out how to, to be able to, to do this, right, uh, as a Canadian. Um, but we wanted to tackle some more topics around it. And uh, so let's just jump into it a little bit. Um, I know that one of the topics you were, you'd mentioned that you'd be interested in talking about was uh, unlocking your U.S. home equity. Um, and I think that's a very big interest because I know for prop people who are doing this in Canada, um, they they you know put home equity lines of credit on their properties. And I think that most people don't didn't even know that that was even a thing that you could do in the United States. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment, uh, Glenn, and this is why I appreciate to be with you today. Uh, because you know, if you look at it, let's step back maybe for the last like ten years. You remember that in 2011, 2013, Canadian dollar was at par with the U.S. dollar for a few uh, num few years, and a lot of Canadians took advantage, of course, of a you know low uh, affordable and low price uh, market in the U.S. Bought properties. Those properties increased in value since. And, and back then, because of the dollar was at par with the U.S. dollar, they may have simply pay cash. And just in the last two years, uh, Glenn, like, you know, of course, like in Canada, uh, some markets like GTA, uh, I think Montreal and even Vancouver went up up to 48 uh, percent in the last two years in value. So in, in a number of those markets where Canadians are buying the most in some bell states usually, <clears throat> the increased value is, is in the range of 25 to 40, 45 percent and just in the last two years. So a lot of equity has, has been obviously built uh, to that. And, and a lot of those Canadians don't realize that they have an asset that has increased in value and they don't even think, like you said, about taking advantage of some soft leverage uh, strategy opportunity across the border. And also just take into consideration the lower Canadian dollar currently or the strength of the US dollar. So if you look at the, what currently around 73 cents or 37 you know, percent exchange, yeah. more or less, <laughs> exactly, change every day. But if you look at this, if a Canadian would like to pull out some equity or take equity out, yes, they can. And it's a good time, even if the interest rates are higher now than they were like seven, six, seven, eight, nine months ago. They're still historically in the normal bracket. Of course, we entertain low interest rates in the last few years. We know Very. why, and, and we know the circumstances of that. However, when you think about that, you know, six, six and a quarter percent are not so bad rate if you look at the last 20, 25 years. So it's still considering the exchange a good strategy to think about um, that. 
two options to do it quickly. They can, uh, you know, go with the mortgage cash out and then up to, you know, if it's a second home with RBC Bank uh, as a national residential lender for Canadians, we can, you know, qualify them from their Canadian uh, credit story, assets, income, and debt. So they can pull out up to 80% of the value, uh, appraisal value of their home in the U.S., take this money, green dollars, U.S. dollar, to bring back to Canada. And then the exchange will be about 35%. So they can keep a part of that in the U.S. dollar. They can keep bring some money back in Canada with that 35%. And of course, a mortgage will generate monthly payment, U.S. dollar, of course, principal and interest. The other option quickly is ELOC. They can do like they do in Canada, you know, just by way of ELOC up to, you know, they can fluctuate that uh, home equity line of credit and get the same thing up to 80% of the appraised value and uh, use what they need, what they want uh, to get back in Canada and bring back money and then to reinvest in the real estate market and the stock market, whatever. I mean, with their advisor, financial advisor, real estate professional. So they, they hire right now currently a couple great options to do soft leverage across the border for Canadians, especially they own cash-free or debt-free. And from the NER um, report that they are releasing since 2010, so 12 years, they said that based on that, usually it's, a um, you know, based on those 12 years, uh, usually Canadians, what they buy is about 70% are paying cash and 30% are getting uh, financing. So it's about you know, $75 billion of U.S. real estate asset owned by Canadians currently, which is debt-free. Okay. There's a lot of questions I just came up with just from that. But sure. um, qualifying for these, um, I know it's, it's you know, it's going to be fairly similar to qualifying for a home equity line of credit if you're going to do it in Canada. Um, if you're somebody like me who doesn't have uh, a nine-to-five job, uh, is this a, an option? Is this a, something that I could even do? Yes, we at RBC Bank, we only work with Canadians in the U.S., uh, being part, of course, of the uh, RBC family. So we understand Canadians. Uh, you can be self-employed. You can be, of course, like a professional that, uh, you know, get, not necessarily, but uh, uh, an income stream, like from nine to five uh, job. So we, we look at, at that. We have to look at the last two years of income. And we need to qualify based on the income, like I said, and credit history from Canada, obviously, and debt and, and of course, uh, assets. But the thing is important to understand is we there are some rules there, uh, Glenn, as you can understand. We have a rule, for instance, on the underwriting that you may not own more than four mortgaged properties, Canada, USA to ask for uh, you know, purchase mortgage or, or uh, refi mortgage. So there are some ground rules, but basically the rest of the underwriting uh, or lending guidelines are similar to Canada in terms of debt to income ratio or debt to uh, you know, DTS or DTI. And, and it, it's really qualified on those. And, and of course, goods credit score, look at it, self-employed. We, we, we have the expertise and the experience with our team of mortgage professionals to look at, at those uh, type of profile of investors too. Just curious, because you brought up the debt to income ratio, if, uh, if your ratio was high or not where you wanted to, would it just lower the leverage or just it'd be just a decline? When I started investing in the US, I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that glensutherland.com slash coaching.
a 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com coaching. Depends. Good question. Uh, depends <laughs> how how higher than the guideline is. So in some cases, you're right. Could be to lower the amount that the of course the, the borrower is looking for, or other cases it might be uh, unfortunately declined because it's way way too off, and and then of course uh, you know too too many asset mortgage asset or leveraged asset in Canada and the U.S. But that basically the forty percent ish of course uh dts dti is, is what we look for and um again it's it's really each case obviously but we we look at all the income and, and and of course even if it's a property that they rent a part of the year uh part i mean just uh, short-term uh, rental on you fortunately when it's short-term rental like that we cannot look at the income generated by that rental because it's not a consistent of course uh, rent a rental stream of uh, of, uh, of of cash flow so that's yeah it. so it has to be a long-term rental like 24 or 12 months per year right to be able yeah to if if uh, from the canadian side if they own assets exactly that are rented uh, with a, a lease and, and then the 12 month, it has to be shown, but it's, it's, they're doing, uh, we're doing the net of all the expenses related to the property and all that. So that may generate a little bit more income, but we are kind of uh, conservative on that approach. Is there certain states that you will not lend to, or is it nationwide? We are a national residential lender just for Canadians in the 50 states. Uh, I will say, yeah, we can uh, lend in, in all the states in America. However, there are states, uh, and I will mention one or two exceptions, actually one exception, for a refi or cash out, only Texas. Texas is, is a different beast. It's a different state. Uh, they don't allow refinancing for a property there. You really? can buy a, yeah, you can buy a property in Texas. Of course, a lot of Canadians are buying in Texas. It's one of, you know, I think it's ranking fifth or sixth uh, state where they buy the most. But it, it's just that regulation statewide that they don't have, they, not even for domestic uh, Americans. So it's, it's a different, it, it's the exception. The other states, I mean, buy or refinancing uh, options are available. Okay. And then like, um, is there a minimum value of the, what the property has to appraise for? Like you're not going to do a loan for on a, a really cheap property, I assume, or is there any, any threshold of the, the minimum that it has to appraise for? Yeah, sure. A, a minimum, I will say from a cost, you know, benefit standpoint or for both for the, the, the borrower, as well as for the bank, because, you know, it's a different process. As you know, it takes more time. It's more cumbersome than what Canadians are used to on the Canadian domestic side of it. So it's usually $100,000 more or less, you know, to, uh, to uh, uh, consider that because they're closing costs, because they are, you know, a spinoff of different third parties, tax, third party taxes and, and uh, fees that usually that's a threshold, you know, more or less. So we, we can look at also up to $2 million for uh, a purchase or, you know, refinancing of a property, but again, always subject for primary or second home up to 80% of the appraised value of the property. Okay. Um, you mentioned fees there. 
uh, how does that fee structure kind of work? Is it more like the because uh, the American lending system with the points in the origination, or is it more like the Canadian uh, lending system? Because I know you guys are in the states, but you're kind of a Canadian bank, so it's kind of a little bit a little bit of both. Yeah, you, you you're right, and of course your experience with with that too, uh, Glenn. No, really. Uh, yes, we are, of course, a U.S. lender, U.S. bank, and you have to com we have to comply with their local regulators. But as being part of RBC, we tend to also uh, structure our products and experience based on the Canadian. Here's two quick differences. Okay. In the U.S., if you are a domestic uh, resident like myself, um, it will take the same time. It takes usually 40 to 45 days turnaround time from application to uh, closing. It's not because they are Canadian it takes more time. It is the process here. Yeah. So that's one difference. Then the other, uh, the other difference, obviously, is the fact that, you know, if, if you look at the process of, of doing all uh, the, the, uh, the, to build the file and all that, of course, it's throughout uh, steps. So the, the Canadians need to understand that, yes, it's a different process. It's a different experience. However, uh, our mortgage advisors are uh, working through each step of the, of the process with the Canadians because they are not familiar with that. So this is important for us to provide this guidance and advice from the get-go throughout uh, the process. And one thing that is important to remember, another difference is all of our mortgages are fully open mortgage. So there is no prepayment penalty at all to, to repay a part, a lump sum, or a full uh, amount of the balance of the mortgage. So, and then from the fee side or the, it's, it's very important to understand also that th this process include what we call closing costs. And it's a state by state um, based because for example, um, in Ontario, you have land tax, you have of course, title insurance and all that. Same thing in the US. However, it's state of Florida that has this 10 tax thing. So there's a lot of uh, third-party fees and taxes that are applying. However, they all bulk at the closing. So you don't have to pay you know, a, a lawyer or an attorney or a title and, uh, company. It's all bulk at the closing table. So all the third parties are paid directly from, of course, the closing agent. Um, and, and that's important to remember because when we talk about, you know, around 3% of the amount of uh, borrowed uh, as a third, um, as a closing cost, it is important to understand that this is not just for the lender. It's all those fees and taxes that are there. And, and it's, you know, of course, the appraisal and, and other fees for the, uh, the lender. However, most of that is, or Quebec, they have like the new or the welcome tax or things like that. So it is the same here. So as an example, quickly, Florida is about 3%, more or less. Uh, Arizona will be more than 2%. And a state like California will be in the 4% range because of those third-party taxes and fees. Gotcha. Um, if you wanted to do these, uh, set up a home equity line of credit, or you wanted to set up a, or do a cash out refi, um, what kind of seasoning period is required? I'm guessing you can't do this the day after you close. <laughs> uh, not really. Actually, you know, when it's closed, uh, when we close, and again, the process takes, like I said, 40, 45 days. When we close, and actually one thing, Glenn, too, is you don't have to travel in the U.S. to close on a home equity line of credit or a mortgage cash out. So that's a good thing. With RBC Bank, we work with Canadians. 
we can do mail away closing. You just have to, of course, have a witness, a legal uh, witness with you for that. So ele electronically, we work all that uh, from East Coast to West Coast of Canada. Our team of mortgage professionals is based in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we have our U.S. home office. So they, they, we can work remotely. And, and as for the, you know, for the, <clears throat> when, when the closing is done, the title agent, uh, and everyone is, is of course, uh, paid and the closing. And usually, you know, in the following days, you, you have access to your funds. And, and it's, uh, it, it's a very different process, yes. However, the beauty of a home equity line too, uh, Glenn, is you use what you want and you only pay interest monthly. Yeah. So here's the thing to remember for your, for your listeners. A home equity line will need to be repaid interest monthly only if you have a balance used, of course, for 10 years. So you see, you can use the home equity line just to do some leverage or you need some money in Canada, suddenly you want to pull out the equity or you have to redo uh, the roof of your US property and you don't want to pay 35,000 US right now, which will become uh, obviously 38, uh, almost $40,000 or $40,000 Canadian, you know what I mean? So they have to think about any improvement, anything you want to do to, to their U.S. property, why not using your own U.S. equity you built on that property you own? However, if they want a mortgage, uh, um, if they have already a mortgage with RBC Bank that many years ago they, they had when they purchased the property, of course, the equity, the value went up. So they can still have a home equity line up to, you know, from the balance of that up to the value of the property up to 80%. If it's with RBC Bank, unfortunately, if it's a mortgage with another uh, lender, we cannot have a second ring, a second lien on on a, yeah. for a mortgage uh, for for a, a line of credit. So you see, there are many options, and I think the most important is for Canadians to remember that yes, they can pull out some equity out from their property in the U.S. <laughs> awesome. And you said something there about uh, ten years. Like the loan has to be repaid in ten years. Actually, only interest payment monthly for the first 10 years. Okay. And then the second 20 years is schedule of repayment principal and interest. So it's, it's uh, yeah, that's- Start amortizing it after 10. Okay. Exactly. I missed to mention that all our loans, also mortgage or the home equity is based on 30-year amortization. Okay, and we don't have, of course, the stress tests like you guys have in Canada or that. It's it's based on on you know our regulatory, of course, and lending guidelines, but it's it's all thirty year amortization and term for a mortgage uh, refi or a mortgage for a purchase are three, five, seven, or ten years. And currently, even we had, of course, consecutive uh, increase hikes of uh, those interest rates in the last six months. Um, they're ranging between currently, as of today, it's around six to six and a half percent. Like a three-year will be around six, and of course, a, uh, you know, a ten-year will be more around six and a half. So those rates are historically not so bad, uh, higher than the last few years. But you see, that's everything is, <laughs> and the prime rate is six and a quarter. So on a home equity line, like we said before, only interest payment monthly for what they use at six six and a quarter. I like it. I don't know if this is a question for you or if I went and need to go talk to a broker, but if I was going to go personally for something, someone like me to go and apply for this, like I have no job, um, is it just based off of um, qualifying for this? Would it be just based off of my like um, 
tax returns in Canada or the US? Or would it be like, if I was trying to make this easier to get the thing, would it be um, if I showed income every month or like almost like a salary, would that work better? Or is there a way to make this easier? <laughs> Oh, wow. That's a tricky question. Unfortunately, <laughs> again, here's the thing. RBC Bank, we only work with Canadians. So, so this is really for us the fact that we better understand Canadians. Because remember, our rates are the same here. They're not, they're not, there's no premium on the rate we offer to Canadians uh, because they are Canadians. You know what I mean? We, we are dedicated just for Canadians. While other lenders in the US will say, you know what, Glenn? Um, we, we can look at your file. Yeah, you are a little bit outside the box on a few things like that. Yeah, no income proof or this or that, but the rate will be instead of six will be eight, eight yeah. and eight and a half. So, so and a, a lot of lenders in the US won't even work with foreign nationals or non-US resident or citizen, as you know. So, so it's very Okay, but for us at RBC Bank, we're we're really much more a traditional lender, conservative lender. So we have to look at the last two years of of income and all that, you know, uh, regulatory requirements that we have from a lending and regulator uh, standpoint. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I think I'm uh, even myself. I think it's something that I should be looking into. Um, it uh, for Canadians that are listening to this. This is going to be the cheapest money and the highest leverage you're going to get. Um, going to the U.S. banks, you're not going to get that. It's going to, uh, you know, you might be able to get more than four properties, but you are not going to get better uh, rates or terms than working with the Canadian banks. Um, that's a fact. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Alan, um, is there anything else I should have asked you? Anything else you, you're thinking you wanted to touch on? You know what, uh, Glenn, I think with this, the context of uh, rate increase and hikes that we have experienced Canada, USA in the last uh, four, five, six months, uh, we can expect other increase. But I think if a Canadian is looking to buy, to, to buy a dream home, first of all, affordability is there. 80% of the 5.5 billion purchased by Canadians last year in the U.S., have been in the, the top three states, uh, Sunbelt states of Florida, Arizona, California. California, of course, more pricey, as you know, and all that. Arizona uh, and Florida are still affordable. Average purchase price uh, currently is around $400,000 in Florida and about $448,000 for Arizona. Compare with, you know, uh, average home price in GTA or, of course, Vancouver or uh, Montreal, Ottawa, it's still affordable. Yes, the market went up in the last two years like it did in Canada. But you know what? It, it's still affordable. There is obviously uh, lifestyle, uh, weather, uh, diversification purposes, of course, of asset of real estate. And, and obviously the ROI possible because for us, a second home, somebody can just spend two, three months there, go back and forth. And, and the pandemic showed us that we can work from anywhere. So they can enjoy Florida, go back home in Toronto, go back and back. And when they're not using the property, can rent it up for a few months, you know, and all that with GHOAs and of course regulations and all that. But they can still rent, generate US income. So there's opportunities there for Canadians who are to have a second home, but at the same time, don't spend six months here in the US. So all of that is still good. And interest rate, yeah. And, and if, you know, like in two years from now, we go back to the 4% uh, 
four and a half, and then they, they take a mortgage at six and a quarter, six, they can repay that mortgage, you know, ag again, without prepayment penalty. So all yeah. those things and what you do to educate the Canadians uh, about those opportunities is, is so valuable because they don't know what they don't know. And in the US, it's a different country. So rules, regs, laws, practices, terminology, different. So I'm Canadian. I've been with RBC, like I said, 40 years, but I've been here for 22 years. Uh, and I have my real estate license too, because I work closely with the, the market and the professionals. So for me, it helps me to understand, you know, the Canadian side, the US side, and try to guide and advise people. Okay. If someone's interested in this, where do they go? Is there a certain link off of the RBC site or how, how do they go about this? Yeah, I will recommend, uh, Glenn, because we actually, over the years, we realized that it's not just to provide a mortgage or cross-border uh, banking solution. It's also everything else around legal, tax, estate, homeowner insurance, and all those things that Canadian can be overwhelmed be, when they start to think. I mean, your experience, you know what their rule and, and the, the things are, the, how it goes. But to make it easier, we pull all those resources and a lot of uh, insights, advice, resources into a link. It's uh, rbcbank.com okay. backslash HPA for Home Plus Advantage, HPA. And in that also, it includes an e-guide that they can learn about the other issues or considerations related to buy or own U.S. real estate by Canadians. Uh, they have also access to a network of external legal tax uh, and estate uh, experts who are used to the cross-border legal tax estate issues uh, for, for guidance and advice, uh, homeowner uh, insurance uh, too. And, and also what is good in that, we put an MLS. There is a link there that we developed here uh, for the U.S. for Canadians. They can look at any location they want to buy in the U.S., and then look at the market, look what is on, uh, on actually currently on the market, the, see the price point and all that. And then the second thing, that Glenn, when they start their process is the link to their pre-approval, get pre-approved. And then you know you set your budget, you get a letter good for 120 days, you know how much you can get as a U.S. financing. So you can look at after that your budget and what is available in the market you're looking for. If it's Florida or Arizona or specifically, you know, a location. This link is like a real time MLS, 15 minutes, maybe delay, that's it. So you see then it's all tools, resources we developed for helping Canadians from dream to doorstep. I love it. <clears throat> There's a lot of information there. Um, but yeah, I, uh, good tips. Um, I think people know where to go now to find this. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, Alan, I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Like just like the first time, so much information, so much takeaways from this. I, I do really appreciate it. And I think it'll help a lot of people. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Glenn, you know where to find me and uh, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks.